Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Marshall Fant, welcome back to GFA's podcast, ReChurch. So glad to have you with us today to cover a topic that uh, pastors and deacons need to hear about if they don't practice it. So a man that I call pastor for many, many years is with us. So Pastor Williamson, welcome. Thank you. Hello. And you are currently in Colorado. And uh, it is, I think we're recording this on November the 9th, and you're getting uh, cold weather out there. I can tell by your sweater, right? Yes, sir. And so uh, over your shoulder, I see a, a gray sweatshirt with a little, uh, yeah, with a little uh, orange in there. So uh, reminiscing your days in Clemson. So for yeah, those we who follow, we follow Clemson, Marsh. Yeah. Yep. So tell everybody you pastored there how many years? So we were in Clemson 18 and a half years, yep. and now we've been out here for almost 20 years. Wow. In All right. So the topic of this, um, you were, again, you were my pastor in Clemson. I was a deacon when we called you to be our pastor. Uh, uh, you know, I was called to preach under your ministry. And you ordained us and sent us out. So again, we are. Um, I'm very familiar with the way you conduct ministry. And I started thinking about uh, a topic came up on on planning and deacons and unity. And I remember back to the planning sessions that you led us through as deacons. Um, and that's what I want to talk about because um, planning is biblical, and, and we know that from Proverbs 24 that. You know, it makes it very plain that um, through wisdom a house is built, by understanding is established, the knowledge, by knowledge rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So we have responsibility to plan. So what I want to do is just kind of interview on this. And, and all right, so first, what, what would you say, at, you know, the big picture, what are your goals and what are your um, or goals for these planning sessions? So the planning sessions that you have with your – I'm really talking about really – the long range planning, not the weekly meetings. Okay. But long range sure. planning. So what, what are some of your goals with that pastor Sin? Yeah. So I would say number one is just having time with the men. And when we include the wives time with them as couples, everyone seems to be so busy. So just actually having some personal time uh, with our leadership team is huge. So that's definitely a goal or a byproduct of, of our, our leadership retreats. Uh, I would say it's a great time to present vision. Okay. Uh, it's a great time with that vision to build consensus, to get input, uh, to build uh, the team, to build the ownership. Uh, leadership retreats also really helpful in evaluating if indeed we are fulfilling the mission of the church. All right, so uh, let's park just, right there. So are you, uh, let's just take the nuts and bolts of this. So sure. as you're doing this, uh, sometimes you have the men, sometimes you have the men and their wives. And as you are, so are you casting the vision? Are you running the vision by them? And then they're joining in and giving input. Is it a joint vision? How does that work for, um, for, for yeah, unity yeah, on that? Yeah, good question. Uh, sometimes it will, will be me initiating, introducing a plan, uh, a burden, a vision. Sometimes through this 
time of the year for the year, maybe one of our pastors or deacons, they had an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've prayed on it and they've ruminated over it. And I've just asked them, hey, why don't we at our leadership retreat, why don't you share that vision, uh, your burden for that particular ministry? Uh, sometimes I might delegate um, the topic to someone sure. else who has an interest in developing, maybe overseeing that uh, outreach. All right. So, so from what you just said, I mean, it's yeah, a team. this process isn't just once a year. You're, I mean, as you're meeting ongoing, these things kind of bubble to the top, right? And then yeah, you can so, take that and cover that at something like this. So, yeah. So uh, the way the meetings work, we have a, a weekly nuts and bolts logistical meeting with the pastors. We have a weekly philosophical strategic meeting with the pastors. Uh, Today we had, for instance, our once a month all staff meeting. And then we have our our deacons join us once a month for a a leadership meeting with pastors and deacons. And then we do have periodic uh, retreats through the year. All right. So we have ongoing communication. The, the, The annual retreat is really a little feels a little different than the monthly maintenance meetings sure. that might introduce vision sure. and so forth. But uh, these are the this meeting is especially designed for the big rollouts. There you go. Uh, the rollout of building phase, rollout with a missions project, rollout with maybe adding a staff member, uh, rollout with a unique ministry of some sort. So this the the annual retreats have a little different flavor, just a little bigger sure. picture. Yeah. Yeah. A little longer casting of vision. All right. So as you're building this unity, you know, uh, cause I think that's a lot of what happens. You're doing it by being together. You're doing it by eating together. You're doing it by praying together. But so the, let's just take the last three or four years of you doing this. How, uh, ex- exclude COVID. Okay. But what, how, so would that be a weekend? Would that be three or four days? Would that be two days? Would it be one day? Uh, how long do you normally run these? Yeah. So, during the year, we'll have three different retreats. Okay. So there'll be one that will just be the pastors and myself. So just a pastor getaway. And that's usually um, a, a two-night, three-day retreat. And then during the middle part of the year, I will do many trips, if possible, with, with the individual staff members. For instance, uh, I just came back from a a, a 100-mile bike ride. Actually, it was 50 miles when we finished. We didn't complete the route. But we went to the Mickelson Trail in in South Dakota with one of our pastors, and we we rode bikes together. Right. Uh, This summer, I took a couple pastors, and we we did a uh, Sahara Desert uh, Hare and Hound motorcycle race, an official race. we go hunting together. We do certain things individually. Okay. Our youth pastor and I, for instance, we like climbing 14ers together, doing the Colorado trail, whatever. So we kind of that individual kind of getaway, maybe with our wives. And then we have our fall retreat, which is all the pastors, their wives, all of the deacons and their wives and all the prospective uh, deacons for the subsequent year. And we like also to introduce at these annual retreats, a, if we're going, going to be adding a staff member, we like to introduce them to the whole group. This is an excellent time uh, for, for a candidate to come and join us and get a little bigger picture. Wow. Okay. So that would normally last, this, this main fall retreat would last yes. how long? Usually two nights, okay. three days. And the way it works, typically the pastors go up uh, on Thursday so we have a time together. I'll, I'll invite the chairman of the deacons to join us if he's a- available. Uh, so we'll do some stuff on Thursday together just with the pastors, usually just Friday morning with the pastors. 
we then have uh, something we might do together that afternoon, and then all the deacons or wives show up Friday night and then throughout most of Saturday. So usually it's three days, two nights. All right, so are your wives with you with the pastoral staff those first couple of days? Or not? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, on, on the big retreat, yeah, yes, on big. the annual retreat. So is this done? I know, you know, you've invested in a mountain cabin where you do a lot of ministry. Uh, we, we took us there. So is this, is your, do you do it there or do you do it other places or what would be ideal? If somebody's listening to you and say, you know what, we sure. need to do that. What type of places have you found ideal? Lo- I mean, not location, yeah. but description yeah. of facilities. Well, this past week we did our annual retreat. We did it at the church, uh, with the okay. COVID issues and we hadn't been together where we've been in a much tighter lockdown in Colorado than many States. So we were at the church so that there's, there's benefits to that. It's close. It's cheap. Right. Uh, we did it in two days, but normally we rotate locations. Yes, we do it at our cabin. We rent out the rec center or the lodge, whatever. And we have several families of cabins near us. So it's a very inexpensive retreat. That's always a factor. What's this thing cost? Um, we often do the cooking in those cases. So the food is you know reasonably uh, affordable and the housing is minimal. But we have used the YMCAs up by uh, Breckenridge uh, towards uh, the ski resorts. There's a yeah. Y. Uh, there's one in Estes Park. We've used bed and breakfasts. We've used conference centers. Uh, you, you remember what we did back at UBC? We went oh, yeah. to the Wilds. The Wilds yeah. was amazing. So gracious. Yeah, we did. Uh, so we, we, I like center, to rotate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, next year, we'll head back to the Glen Airy Castle, 75 miles south of us. Sure. In the springs, we're technically reserving that right this week, and uh, we'll have up, upwards of fifty-four people for that for that wow. annual retreat next next year. So we we I like the variety. I think that's that's good, and you right. try to keep it affordable. So, do you go into this with a each year in your mind because you're leading this, uh, or let's say you're leading? I know you said you delegated out for maybe a staff member to present something different, but uh, as you're leading this and you're presenting this. Um, you always used to come with an agenda, used to come with specific goals we were to accomplish. Uh, do you still do it that way? Have you found different ways to do it or different? Um, how, how do you do yeah, that? I now? would say it's evolved a little bit. Um, at one point I, I may have carried most of it Yeah, and there's, that's fine. But in our situation, we've been able to our, our staff has met almost for a month before our annual retreat. And we actually prayed about the retreat and uh, we had different ideas, themes, goals, but we really felt we needed to pray. You know, you know, I think of David in first Chronicles 13, where he consulted with every leader about bringing the ark back and even, you know, communicated beautifully with the congregation and so on. But on the way uh, of the return of the ark, you know, us a kind of misstepped and we have a, you know, a catastrophe yeah. And then finally, David realizes, Lord, you know, you know, I should have asked you first about bringing the ark back and how to do it. So we wanted to say, Lord, this is your church. What do you want to accomplish here? Rather than all of us just kind of generating ideas, themes, whatever, they all may be good, but we figured he owns it. Uh, we're his sure. bride. He, he's invested. So we spent a lot of time in prayer. And then we did from there prioritize what do we want to accomplish in our retreat and my Germanic personality, sometimes we have too many details, too many goals. So our staff is very helpful to kind of help me simplify some of that and make it more uh, reasonable. Okay. Uh, hey, this is something by God's grace we can do. So we, we prepared um, prior to this meeting an agenda. 
And so all the leadership team received the agenda in advance of the meeting. We try to have a no surprise policy. So they're seeing the agenda. Okay. I usually hand out a notebook. Uh, This year is a little smaller than normal. It was maybe 58 pages. (laughs) um, Uh, Wait a minute. So let's stop. For those who don't know you, you like to write. I enjoy writing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to say you don't have to put together a 58 page booklet to have your no, first deacons no. in pastor's retreat. No. <laughs> this one was uh, largely how t- the theme was how to build spiritual Sherpas. So how to develop spiritual Sherpas, people who carry and do the heavy lifting. And, and uh, also for those who don't know you, you like unique themes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I'm trying to make this where those Thank who you. have never done this before, that they, they don't think they have to come up with a title like no, that. No, you don't. You definitely do not need to have 50. You know, we've had whatever number. Okay. Uh, but it does help for for those notes. And in, and in our case, I'm trying to build ownership of the staff and leaders. Where uh, I did three and a half with seven sessions here at home. I did half of them. Okay. Uh, this year we did something a little different. I invited a specialist to come on on Zoom. So Walt Brock, mm-hmm. uh, we just completed right. our 40th anniversary here at the church. We paid off all of our building debt, and we're, we want, we don't want to coast, so we want to do some some long term planning. And Walt Brock's one of the best. So we had him come online and basically talk about thelemic planning and sequencing. We asked him to cover the three levels of vision. And then how to cast a vision. So he God, he spent time with me weeks in advance, and then he did three hours of intense training of our leadership. Great. So it's another person saying some of the same stuff, but much better than we sure. could. Very sure. very helpful. Good, good. All right. So as you think about this, I remember in one session you let, and I walked away with this at the end um, of our meeting. One one of our meetings. Um you made it very clear that none of this would go forward without faith that, you know, in, in, as we planned, uh, you challenged us that, uh, we weren't, we weren't just shooting for the stars. Okay. We were, but any plan, if we didn't, I've forgotten your exact wordings, but I know we'll forget that if we don't apply faith to this planning, that what we do, I mean, why do what we do if it's not accompanied by faith? And we know, of course, from Hebrews 11, you know, through faith, so much was accomplished. So uh, you may not remember that comment, um, but I know I just wanted to say, so this is not simply a planning exercise. This is a spiritual exercise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, what, let me ask you, what would be two or three takeaways if somebody's going to do this for the first time? Okay, over the years of you doing this, because you've, you've been – Pastoring, what, 38 years, something like that? Yeah. 40 years, sure. 50, 60, 80 years? <laughs> years right. <laughs> what, what would be, for the man who is either uh, doing this for the first time or just getting started, what would be two or three takeaways that you have changed over the years uh, that you think have improved this and brought unity uh, to your leadership staff, whether deacons or pastors? Yeah, I would say certainly the time spent in prayer is critical. Okay. Extremely, extremely uh, unifying. All right. Uh, I would say the shared memories. We're at some lovely places, uh, great memories, funny experiences, (laughs) uh, sad experiences, 
yeah. uh, takeaways, usually uh, when you bring everyone together, you, you start to see where the cracks are. You, you hear things. You um, get a, a much better pulse on what really is going on in your ministry when you have the ladies' perspective and uh, layman's perspectives. Uh, those are huge, huge takeaways. We come back and say, boy, we got something to work on here. You also may see uh, strange relationships. You know, larger your team is, you know, you're going to have some personality rubs or whatever. And uh, that those issues may be holding back God's blessing if not addressed. So uh, you, you see some of that. One of the, I'd say one of the changes that we've done with our leadership meetings kind of comes back to that faith topic. Um, we're going to come up with a vision. We're going to hopefully be well-prepared. But we want to we want to trust God to to do the work of the ministry where we're attempting things that only by faith it will be done. Yes, you know. So faith faith is extremely important, and and in those conversations and presentations, you are soliciting input. And what often happens is subtopics surface very quickly, and you've got to discern okay which of these topics do we need to address now or just to punt and uh, pick up on you know, subsequent meetings. And so not to frustrate the guys, uh, if there's a lot of dangling, okay, we'll talk about that later, or, yeah, that's a great idea. Boy, I didn't think of that. We probably need to work for that problem. You've got to have someone, whether it's you, whoever it may be, taking notes as to your takeaways. What are, what are the action steps that are being generated from this retreat? Things we need to go back and, and, and seek the Lord and seek resolution and put into play. Because if it's just vision and you don't really have a game plan or you, you, you don't make a midstream adjustment, uh, your, your lay people will look at you and say, well, this is great, these, these great visions you have, but you never get them done. Yeah, so, and, you, so you have somebody taking notes. So do you, do, you, do you all review the takeaways, or is this person just writing down the takeaways and you publish them later? Or? I, I may do it. We may have our, our uh, secretary do it. Someone is taking what we'll, what I call takeaways. Okay. So I've typically added a takeaway sheet. Right. Okay. And I've actually in court, for instance, this this conference retreat, the last session was a summary session, mm. and usually I'm just grinding, trying to squeeze as much information and new stuff and whatever into all these sessions. Right. Uh, but I'm, we're, I've learned. Let's pull back. Let's conserve what we've talked about. Let's review what we've talked about. And let's go over our action steps and let's talk about who's going to take ownership to, mm. to implement or, or to research or to right. solve one of that problems. So we had six takeaways from this past weekend and we're going to identify, you know, we're already in the process of identifying who's going to come back with that, you know, that presentation. And so that, that encourages the guys, Hey, yes, sure. we're talking yeah. about vision, but we're, we're adjusting, yeah. we're listening, yeah. we're praying and we're, 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 we're taking action towards those goals. All right. So with that, do you prioritize those there or is that a process throughout the year as you try to implement them? I mean, do you have enough information at that point to walk away with a priority sheet or is that done as you research and you gather and how would you recommend somebody to handle that? Yeah, so so typically with your plans, you have, you know, po possible plans, yeah. you know, possible plans, and and then maybe probable plans, and then you know the, what what you believe will be the plans. 
So you are, you're going for a process. You can't do everything. So you've got to right. definitely prioritize. Right. So we, through our takeaways today, for instance, this morning, we spent about, a, I'd say an hour prioritizing those takeaways. Okay. So I, we have them just in a random order. We kind of randomly spit them back in our summary statements. But now what is first? For instance, Walt Brock um, just destroyed our mission statement. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just said it was too vague, too generic. Yeah. It, it's not a good measurable objective for what you're doing. It's not unique. And so he, he really challenged us on a mission statement, and everything comes back to that, of course. It does. So first priority, we've got to get our mission statement okay. you know, strengthened. Uh, I thought we had a really good you know, mission statement, objectives, and so on, but no, it, it's, it was weak. Okay. So top priority. And then there were some philosophical questions. Why do we do this? You know, what, what's the Bible say regarding whatever? And so there's an assignment being placed there. And then we're, we, we hope to build another phase in X number of years and so forth. Who's going to be doing that study? Who's doing the research? Who's whatever. So we did, we did do our prioritizing uh, almost completely this morning. We'll finish it up, Lord willing, on Thursday. Good. All right. So now as you're doing all this, you mentioned prayer. All right, so were you taking, is there, are there, do you break and pray? Are there scheduled prayer times during the weekend? Uh, and then do you mix different men and women to pray? How, or, or is it just general? How do, how do you recommend that? Or what, yeah, have, you, what so, have you found helpful? Yeah, I, I have found when you're doing the two-night, three-day um, retreat, you have much more time for a breakout for prayer. Yeah. And you're going to see in our way we do our retreats, we'll have um, combined sessions. We'll have breakout sessions with men and the ladies with the ladies. And then we'll have prayer times. And normally uh, on the Thursday night, Friday night, after those sessions, we'll just spend the night, spend a portion of the night praying. Okay. In this case, we had a little tighter schedule. We did pray, but I would say the majority of the praying was two and three weeks before. One of our pastors said, let's just stop. Let's just stop talking about ideas. Mm. And we need to really seek God. What does he want? And he just really yeah. hit us hard on let's, let's just let's stop planning and plotting. Sure. Uh, let's pray. Sure. And as a result of that, the entire direction of this year's retreat changed. We went back to our main focus on making disciples. I changed my, I changed the whole the whole thrust of, of the retreat was changed literally through prayer. Amen. So, so God, it's his church. We, we need to ask him, what does he want and what right. does he want us to do? Sure. It's, it's like, you know, so often we'll, we'll do something for someone, but never ask what, what would you like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you prefer? Do you know? So what God, what do you want? So, so prayer is critical. So we, we do, we do have blocks of prayer usually planned into the meetings, um, several hours in some cases, um, and I, I will sometimes sense that we just need to shut up and we just need to get in groups. So it'll be small groups. Uh, this year, the prayer meeting, I took the guys out to the softball field and I actually told a UBC story about how we Marsh went out into the lower 16 acres at UBC when it was a jungle <laughs> and we prayed and asked God to give us wisdom and help us clear that land. Yeah. If you recall the next week, we had a, a call from the fire department yeah. that there was a huge fire on the property. Someone had been fishing, smoking a cigarette and uh, inadvertently set the place on fire. And so what happened, if you recall that the, the fire company came with their bulldozer 
built a wall around the lower section of the property. Much of the fuel was burned and the area was cleared out for us to really get a clear vision. So I said, guys, we, we went out there as the leaders and prayed for that property and God got it going. So I took the guys out into the middle of the softball field uh, on, uh, on Friday afternoon. And we just spent time praying as a group one after another, praying for what God wants for his church. And and then I gave them an assignment to follow that. But I I think our neighbors were walking by looking out in the field and seeing these guys, you know, trying out the God, you know, sure. was yeah. probably quite a sight, probably quite I mean, a sight. Some people still accuse you of setting that fire. You realize that? I don't smoke. <laughs> well. I, I do drink yeah. coffee, Mark, but I don't smoke. <laughs> okay. I, I just had to bring that back up. Thank you. And then we tried a control burn one time that didn't work very well, right? I remember that. <laughs> no. All right. But God no. does intervene. And I remember the case, uh, the Wild, Rand Hummel did this at the Wilds of New England. They went out and prayed and in a ice storm took down the trees the way they wanted to field. So we pray and we let God intervene. So let me ask a couple more questions. And, and so if a pastor, all right, he wants to just start this. Okay. Just very first. I mean, and he feels by everything you've said, he feels overwhelmed. Okay. Of where to even, I don't have a vision. I don't have a statement. I'm just trying to survive. And you're telling yeah. me I need to go, I'm just trying to do week to week. How, how does, what would you say, just one or two topics would you recommend if a guy just wants to start this? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, what, do you have anything just comes to the top of your yeah, mind? A couple, uh, a couple things. And, and for our audience, you know, when, when you and I met back in 84, you and others really, you mentored me. I mean, your administrative gifts are and worse so so superior you you gave a lot of direction and that may lead into another question on how a layman can help a pastor but what what i think we need to do as pastors to, regardless of our gift set we can pray so we start with prayer yeah. i would encourage the reading of nehemiah oh. and nehemiah there's there's distress there's a need and the need the greatest need wasn't to build that wall in 52 days the greatest need was the, the revival at the water gate yeah. Uh, but you, you're not going to have a revival and a good time of reading scripture and preaching if you have no walls and no gates and you have an enemy that's you know very potent outside your walls. Sure. So I, I believe reading that book is a, a tremendous book on leadership. And especially as Nehemiah just gets alone with a few guys, but he does that survey uh, of, of the facilities, of the problems. And really, I think that meditation just for a few days, let everything sink in, get over jet lag, whatever. But he's focusing on the on the project, on what's before mm. him, and through prayer and just the survey and taking notes and just to, to observing what's going on, that's the starting point. You're, where you, as a leader, say, "Lord, give me give me the vision." Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a heavenly vision you have. What is it? What is your will for this church? And you've called me to lead it, so Lord, please clue me in. You know, and build a team around me to help. So I would say start off with prayer. Um, the read Nehemiah. I would start real simple. Some of the things we've shared, obviously uh, a little more complex retreats, but it's been built over years, decades actually. And we still have a long way to go. I'm, I'm still disappointed in you know, rookie mistakes I even made over the last, last retreat. <laughs> so, so take your time, yeah. keep it simple, maybe start off with just a day retreat, mm-hmm. uh, find a nice conference center up in the Hills or wherever. And, um, 
and, and plan it properly. Give your, your leadership uh, time to you know digest that you have something new. Repeat it multiple times in multiple months before the possibility of doing it. And then during that time, you know, try to build some build a team that some folks come alongside you and help you. And if you need monies, you got to talk for that. You always have yeah, a budget sure. issue. Yeah. Uh, these things cost money. Yeah. So, so uh, you have to little by little. All right. So it could start simple. What I'm saying is you don't have to start with a three day retreat. No, you can start with this one day. Okay. Yeah. And, and if a guy's doing this the first time, um, are there certain topics, um, you would recommend just trying to, to get his handle, get a handle of how to address this with the deacons, any topics or themes yeah, that you yeah. used? Yeah. So I, I, I think we're commissioned to make disciples. So obviously, uh, your, your, what, what is your mission? You know, we did take a retreat just to develop our mission statement or some of the branding points for our church. And that's why I was so convicting when Walt said your, your mission statement is terrible. <laughs> um, I thought we'd covered that in a leadership retreat, but those mission statements, and I'd say, Marsh, if anyone's interested, you can give them my, my email address and I can okay. send them my yeah. agendas in these booklets and things that do yeah. give various topics. We'll put those in the show notes. Them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put your email so, address in the show notes. So right now, for instance, our leadership retreat, we are going to talk about our physical plant. What are some of the big rollouts for outdoors? What are some of the big rollouts for f- future additions? Uh, then we talk about missions, of course, and then we're really honed in on, on making disciples and just, we, we, we just make that the main thing and, and keep that as hot as we can. All right. So what I, what another thing I hear you saying, and I'm going to cover two more topics is this is an ongoing process. This is not just a one year retreat. It's done. The body, the, uh, the leadership body is now totally unified on where we're going. <laughs> this is, you got to work through the, the barriers that come up, the, potholes, everything else. So this is yeah. just an ongoing biblical model of leadership and, 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 and also building unity. Is that fair? Or how would you say that? Yeah, the, the relationships are everything. So um, your focus, you, we can build projects and see them to completion, but you're building relationships. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're building trust. You're building friendships. And the, these are the most special friendships you're ever going to have. And all this takes time. And you're going to realize that not everyone agrees with you, or sometimes they may not see your vision yet. It may right. may yep. take several years before they they catch on to your vision. And so don't be discouraged. It's, it is it is it's a lifetime commitment yeah. uh, for a pastor. All right. So you're casting a vision, but what just in kind of summary, you also putting together those takeaways. So you're looking at the big picture, but you're putting the nuts and bolts of how you're building this vision, and you're go, then you're going back and you're dissecting this and then doing something with it to encourage the men that the investment of their time was worth it. And, and any other, is there any other benefit you have found? Not that we're pragmatists. We do this because we think it's biblical. What other benefit have you found to the church of, of the investment of time and prayer and money to, to do such a thing? Yeah, it's always uh, delightful to review the, the works of God uh, to the to all, and especially the next generation, to say, look here, here are yeah. things we actually prayed about. Yeah, here are specific things that were way beyond our our budget and abilities and our resources. And here are things we prayed, and here's what God did in His His provisions, His His leading. 
And in all of those things, often the original vision or plans never look the same at the end. They, they, you've got to be able to adjust your plans. You've got to constantly be analyzing, evaluating, and seeing where God is, is leading. For instance, you know, from, I had a vision for an international ministry here at, at Tri-City. We came out, we thought it would be Chinese. That was our background with Clemson. Right. Well, here it's not Chinese, it's Hispanic. Uh. So it took on a whole, a whole different look. Uh, and so sometimes you, you, you're casting vision and the Lord is taking your efforts, your heart, your desire, but, uh, you're, you're trusting him and he'll tweak it. And it's always better. It's always better. Amen. And, you know, and planning build, build relationships. Yeah. Cause I mean, Paul planned to go back to Corinth in first Corinthians 16, but God redirected Paul there in second Corinthians one. Yep. Amen. So Amen. it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Yep. All right. La- last question. I pr- I'm, Cause I'm just been peppering you. Thanks for your patience with the, oh, this with is the super. question. All right. So we have a, a deacon that understands this needs to be done. How can he lovingly approach his pastor and, and recommend this outside calling you? Okay. What, what would you, what would you recommend? I mean, I always going to pray. How yeah. would you recommend a, a deacon or a lay person in the church, uh, trying to get the pastor again, the pastor's overwhelmed. Maybe he's the only pastor on staff and yep. he's in survival mode. Okay. And yep. we know that. How would you recommend a man approaching his pastor about this? Yeah, that's really good. And, and for our audience, I would say they need to call you. That You did no, this yeah. with perfection, so thank you. Um, I would say as a layman, you know, the principles I try to share in answers to Marsha's questions, you, you don't have to have a multiple staff to put these principles into play. Right. You, you may have just four deacons in yourself. Man, what a team that is. And you, you build with what God God has given you. But as a layman, uh, you, you always go in, in meekness and respect, of course. Some pastors are insecure. You, oh. You'll learn that pretty quickly by their responses. <laughs> yeah. When you have ideas, if he's a mature yeah. person and secure in the love of God, yeah. uh, he'll, take the, you know, he'll take the criticisms. He'll take right. the input. Uh, he'll grow. He'll grow for that. And if you have such a guy like that, then uh, you go and say, hey, pastor, I have an idea. I uh, just want to bounce it off you. What do you think about us doing a leadership retreat? So you, you present the idea. You then share some of the reasons for it. And, and you don't want to say, well, this is what Dr. Fant has done at, at Harvest Baptist. You know, <laughs> or Wilson. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's so yeah. hard. I'll preach my heart out in yeah. the sermon. And like the, the first five people to come out the door say, well, Pastor, that reminded me of Charles Stanley this morning. Man, you should have heard his message. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know. And Dr. Jeremiah, yeah. they tell you all these guys yeah. on the radio. Yeah. And you just preach your heart out. And you realize, man, I'm a you know, I'm loser, loser, loser. <laughs> So, so don't compare yourself to, you know, this pastor's doing this or that. Uh, keep it generic. Say, hey, what, what do you think about us doing a, a leadership retreat? And pastor, uh, here's maybe some ideas on how that could look. And i just like to leave the idea. And here's maybe my little page of, of notes and uh, just something to pray on. And just Good. let him digest that. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't expect him immediately to say, yeah, let's do it next week. He may say that that's fine. I also would say, Pastor, um, I, I am I, I'm burdened for this. I would love to help you on this. My wife and I, man, if you'd like us to find a place or if you just want me to be, you know, just your Sherpa, uh, man, I'd love to help you on this. So, so plant the seed, plant the vision, make sure you're available to help them. Give them a couple weeks and call back, say, hey, Pastor, I know you've been busy. Hey, what, what are your thoughts about yeah. this leadership uh, retreat? 
and let him let him give your responses, and hopefully he'll say, you know what, this is a great idea. Yeah, and uh, let's let's go for it. All right. So one more question. Why I brought that up? Sure. Problem. This will be the last time I'll pepper you. All right. So you've been at this thirty-eight years thereabout, and and again, we're very close. I mean, so I have we've we've seen each other up close. Um, the good, the scars, the scabs. So we know each other very well, and I've seen your ministry mature. Okay. Uh, and your leadership style has changed from a young preacher to now a, a seasoned veteran. What would you say um, had the biggest impact on you as you matured as a leader? Uh, was it was it just simply your time with the Lord? Was it your time with people? Was it a combination of all that? So right now I want you to speak into like a 28, 30-year-old life and, and say, yeah. okay, because now – we're at the different season of leadership. Yeah. So what would you advise a young man, Pastor Sin? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I, I know when we came to Clemson, I was 24 years of age. Actually, the, <laughs> the first day I did ministry there as, as your pastor was, I just turned 25 Yeah. that day. I had no experience, first generation Christian, never had an internship. So, so I'm going in, as you know, of older men, more mature, more experienced, they knew I was called by God to be their pastor. And that, that was, you know, critical for everyone to know this, this is God's church. This is his, this is what he chose like me or like us or not. This is what he's called. And I went in realizing that um, I need to be humble. I need, I need to be a servant leader. And I've got guys who've been saved longer than I've been alive. And I need to, to lean into these guys and learn from them. And I knew I needed I needed to keep my focus on prayer, and in the, the preparation and preaching of the word. I knew that had to be at the, at the center of my ministry, but the administrative side, the relational side, the those the ruling aspects of shepherding, I was so so immature, and just just needed to develop. And so the process of development, I would say, a church mentored me into being a, a senior pastor. So thank you know thank the Lord for UBC. But, but over time, you realize I've got to assert more of the will of yeah. God through my leadership. Yeah. There's more things God wants to see done. And, and God does lead through a man, not, not normally through a committee. He uses committees, but God is usually you know, working through a man's heart. And I would say prayer, but the, the growing burden that I'm not doing a really good job shepherding. Yeah. I, I need to be a better pastor, and to do such, I need to take a little bit more leadership role. And so through time, there, yes, there was a transition, a little bit of the leadership style. Um, well, I would say maturing. I would say maturing yeah. by God's grace. If yeah. there's any growth, that would have been God doing those type of things. And I would say a burden. I, I want, I, all, I still do. I, I, want, I want to be better. <laughs> I want to be a better pastor. There, you know, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. I, w- I want to keep growing in grace. I want to keep growing in knowledge. I want to. I want to be a better shepherd Amen. <laughs> and, um, and God I, helps, you know, yeah. he wants to give shepherds according to his heart, as Jeremiah says, and I want to be that shepherd. And so there's been a lot of areas I, I've grown in, but other areas I still need to work on, still need to work sure. on. I know sure. that. I know that. Well, I appreciate your time. And I know other men will benefit from our, our time today. We've gone longer than I had asked you for. So thank you for your time. No, and again, no your email address will be in the show notes. So uh, again, give, tell Elisa hello for us. Uh, appreciate hey, your impact in our life and the lives of so many. 
And so um, stay stay warm in Colorado. Come back to South Carolina when you can. Hey, man. All right. We'll miss you guys and go Tigers. Yeah, there you go. Hey, thanks, brother. Lord Love bless. you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.